Bell Shoals students, how are we doing tonight? <clears throat> Man, I, I think we can. Uh, I think we can do better better than that. How are we doing tonight? That's better. That's better. Well, hey, I, I'm excited to be here. Excited that that you guys are here tonight. Man, I was in uh, I was in Jersey Mike's the other day. Does anyone know what Jersey Mike's is? Is that anyone's favorite sandwich shop? Okay, well, if you like Subway more, I'll be in the back after this, and we can talk, okay? Uh, so I was in Jersey Mike's, and I was, I was ordering something for lunch. I was ordering a sub. And so while I was ordering, this lady comes in out of nowhere. She comes through the front door, and she is mad. She is so mad. And she just starts, she starts yelling. She just starts complaining. And, like, this is the stuff I only see on, like, TikTok that people are freaking out in like Walmart or a gas station or something. So I'm like living this. And so she comes in, she's upset, she's mad. And she goes to the guy that cashes her. She's like, you've got to be kidding me. This is, this is the worst sandwich I've ever had. This is not what I've ordered. There's too much lettuce. There's not enough tomato. There's, there's more sauce than I had. And so she's just spewing out complaint after complaint after complaint. And I'm just like, what is, what is happening right now? What is, what is going on? And so there was like three people in line. There was, there was a few people uh, eating kind of in the back. And this lady, she just disrupts everything. She just comes in. And so this guy, the cash register, you know, bless his heart, but you know, he doesn't really know what to do. He's just kind of standing there. And so he, he looks at this lady's ticket and he says, well, ma'am, what you're complaining about, this is what you ordered. Like you ordered what you said you didn't. And she just, she just starts going off for another 10 seconds. She's like, how can you tell me what I ordered? I was the one who placed the order. I was like, ma'am, I was the one who made the, the sandwich. And I'm, I'm like looking at your ticket, and this is not the sandwich that you ordered. And she just keeps going off. And finally, she, she looks down at the ticket, and she says, oh, it's not the sandwich I ordered. And she, so... You know, she, she disrupted everyone's lunch. She disrupted people in line. She made this guy look kind of like a fool. And then at the end, right, she was the, the fool. And, and, and here's the point of the story is that, man, complaining is destructive. Complaining is destructive. She, she ruined her own kind of persona. She hurt this guy she was talking to, and, and she kind of just looked like a, a clown around everyone kind of around her. So, man, complaining is destructive, and I want to talk about that tonight. And so we're in, we're in week four of our, our teaching series, My Big Fat Mouth, and, and throughout the series, we've, we've looked at how words are powerful, and our words, they have the, the power to give life and to give death. They can destroy relationships, they can weaken our ability to, to represent Christ and, and separate us from God. And the goal of this series is, is to turn to Scripture and see what God calls us to do and how we can stop letting our big fat mouth get us in trouble. So now I really hope you guys have enjoyed this series as much as I have. And as we kind of close the semester with this series, um, man, we, we just kind of talked about different things that I think all of us struggle with, but maybe culture kind of pushes down as not that big of a deal. We've talked about bullying. We've talked about gossiping, lying. And tonight we're going to talk about complaining. And man, when, when we complain, we're, we're sharing our dissatisfaction or our annoyance about someone or something, right? And typically, I don't think we look at complaining as a big issue. Maybe we think it's not that big of a deal, or, you know, I'm not really hurting anyone. They're just, they're just words. I, I, I think a lot of us maybe kind of complain to our, ourselves. 
And we don't really complain maybe to anyone else. It's just complaints to ourselves, right? It's not that big of a deal. I'm not speaking bad about anyone, just kind of my situation, what I'm going through. Man, even if we don't realize it or mean to, man, complaining does damage. Complaining comes from a very selfish and prideful heart. Man, and again, we, we might not think it's a big deal, but man, it completely flips the script of our life. Meaning this is when you come to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, man, you, you put God in the center of your life. All right, you're, you're, you're giving your life over God said, Lord, this isn't my life anymore, it's yours. And so I want you to, I want you to take over, I want you to come in my life, I want you to save me. All right, so we put God in the center of our life, but what complaining does is it removes God and places us in the center and makes us the point of emphasis. And what, what, what happens when we complain, we let God know that what's going on, man, we don't like. And it completely flips the script of what it, how it should be. Man, and, and honestly, complaining is something so easy that we can fall into. And maybe you're already tonight, you're just like, yes, like I complain. I've complained today plenty of times. I think out of the four things that we've talked about in this series, it might be the hardest one to kind of realize that you do it and then stop it. Because right? complaining, it almost comes natural to us. Man, and when I think about the idea or the topic of complaining, I instantly think about the Israelites in the Bible. And we did a, a last semester, we did a, a, a series on Exodus. And we, and we looked at, man, how God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, out of bondage, into the promised land. And time and time again, we see the Israelites mess up, say something they shouldn't have, uh, not trusting God. And we see it again, time and time again. And so now... When I think about this complaining, I think about the Israelites, and they've completely forgot about what God has done for them. So let's read Exodus chapter 16 really quickly, two verses. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, This evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see that the Lord is glory, because he has heard your complaints about him. For who we are that you complain about us. Moses continued, The Lord will give you meat to eat this evening and all the bread you want in the morning, for he has heard the complaints that you are raising against him. Who are we? Focus in right here. Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. So we find the Israelites here, and man, they're just complaining up a storm. While they're hungry, they're thirsty, they're tired. And Moses and Aaron, they say to the people, Man, it, it's not about what you're complaining about, right? It, it's not about us. It's about when you complain, you're complaining against the Lord. You're not complaining against us, right? So we can, we can see that Moses kind of clearly states that here. And the Israelites were a selfish people. They, God has done above and beyond for them, coming in time and time again for them. And they've completely forgot about what God has done. And they're only concerned about themselves and what they were struggling with at the moment. And I want you to think for a second, man, every time you complain, again, it's not about the circumstance. It might be. That's what you're, what's what you're pushing it towards or, or someone being mean to you or whatever it may be. No, man, your complaint is against God. Your complaint's against God. So I want you to think about that. <clears throat> the problem isn't what you're complaining about. The problem is you've taken your eyes off God and you've put them on yourself. 
And that's the whole thing with complaining. Again, we're taking God out of the center of our lives and we're putting ourselves in it. Right? The problem of complaining is not the complaint itself, but the heart behind the person doing the complaining. And so tonight, I want to take a really personal look at the topic of complaining. I want us to, to see it through kind of a personal lens of our own complaining. So kind of as we go throughout this message tonight and uh, throw this question up on the screen, I, I want you to consider, consider this question. What do I complain about the most? And I want, I want this in front of you. So make sure you write this down on a piece of paper uh, on your phone. Make sure this is in front of you tonight. Man, I kind of want you to start thinking, man, what is it I complain about the most? Because again, complaining, it's something that comes so naturally to us that we may not even realize that we're doing it in the moment. And so really try and think throughout this, this message tonight, man, what do I complain about the most? I think a passage of scripture that comes to my mind when we talk about complaining is a, is a guy named Paul. And man, this guy had hundreds and hundreds of reasons to complain. And we talked about it a few weeks ago, but tonight we're going to kind of look at a different passage in Philippians. Man, this guy had hundreds of reasons to complain, but yet he didn't. Yet he didn't complain. We find Paul locked up in a prison in Rome, and Paul went to share the gospel, and through that he was locked up in prison because of it. So let me just tell you something right now. Paul doesn't want to be in prison. Paul wants to be out on the streets sharing the gospel with people in Rome. That's why, he's, that's, why, that's why he came to Rome. But the people, the Romans, didn't like that. And so they threw him into prison. So that's kind of where we find him. And man, he was in prison, this prison, for two years. So what he came to do in Rome, he couldn't even do for two full years. And man, it might not seem like a long time, but man, two years sitting in one cell, I'm sure that gets old after a while. And he's chained to a Roman guard 24-7, fearing for his life. And so let's kind of see what he says in Philippians 2, verse 14. He says, Do everything without grumbling and arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world. Really quick. And if you guys want to shine like stars in the world... Don't complain. Right, that, that's, what, that's what Paul's saying here. Paul, Paul is he's writing to the church of Philippi here, and he's giving them a very high standard to live by. Man, he says, do everything without complaining, grumbling, arguing, whatever you do, wherever you are, whatever you say, don't complain. It's a, you know, everything's kind of a, a very vague term, but I think in this context it's used very specifically. Because it's saying, Everything. Do everything without complaining. Man, Paul is telling the church that they need to change their attitude. They need to do everything without complaining. This needs to be an ongoing habitual attitude. Right? Paul, Paul was seeking this out of them. And this complaining, it all goes back to our attitude, towards looking at ourselves. And man, if you have the perspective that your circumstance is negative, then you're going to have a negative outcome. If you have the perspective that your circumstance is it's negative, man, you're going to have a negative outcome, and you're living in this kind of constant state of, of selfishness and, and discontentment and negativity when you're complaining. This is a really interesting fact. Lean in here. 
Dr. Travis Bradbury, an award-winning co-author, has done a lot of research on this topic of complaining. And this is what he said in in one of his books. He said, repeated complaining rewires your brain to make future complaining more likely. Over time, you'll find it's easier to be negative than it is to be positive, regardless of what's happening around you. Complaining becomes your default behavior, which changes how people perceive you. Man, when you're complaining constantly, not only is it a a spiritual problem like we just talked, right? Our complaints against God, not to that someone or something, but now it's it's a it's a, almost a physical thing. Now your brain is actually rewiring itself to complain more, to look at things more negatively. Because let's be honest, complaining is easy. Complaining is easy. That's why we all do it. That's why we all. I, I think we all struggle with it. Because man, we can just we can just go off, and it's not even like we know what's happening. And so this is what this guy's saying is, man, the more you complain, the more natural it'll become for you. And now I get it. Sometimes, man, we we really do have legitimate reasons to complain. I think Paul, I think Paul's situation was was legitimate. He was somewhere where he didn't want to be and he was stuck in there for two years. I think any, any one of us in this room would have complained in that situation. So maybe some of you in here tonight maybe have some medical problems or, or kind of a, a bad home life or maybe have a busy schedule. And, man, that, that's a reason to complain. But, man, Paul wants to show us something here on why, on why we shouldn't. Right? And, and I think well, some of those instances and, and those difficult circumstances, man, our habitual attitude, it, perspective, it shouldn't be negative because God has you in that season in your life for a reason. And remember, your complaint is against God. It's against that thing, but it's against God. So I believe there are, there are two things that Paul is trying to show us here in this passage. Two things. First one is this. If you can change your circumstance, then do something about it. If you can change your circumstance, then do something about it. I think 75% or more of the things that we complain about on a daily basis are things that we can change. But again, complaining just comes natural. Why would we change it if it's just easy right now just to complain about it? I guarantee you, you've complained today about something that you could actually just change if you wanted to. Next thing is this. If you can't change your circumstances, then change your perspective. And this is exactly what Paul is doing in this passage. And man, we have to have a God-honoring mindset in these. It's not just a a happy face, putting on a happy face, not just a positive outlook on life. But man, we have to to honor God in these things, right? God doesn't want you just to sit there and complain when you can actually do something about it. I think it's God-honoring, instead of complaining, fixing something that you can. Or if you can't change your circumstances, or something that's happening in your life that you can't change, and it's changing your perspective, meaning this, is instead of me looking at my circumstance and being negative about it, man, I'm going to turn my eyes on the Lord. I'm going to see the, the, the goodness in my life that he's given me. Changing your perspective isn't just this be happy all the time. 
Man, it's knowing that God's got a reason for what's happening in your life right now. He wants to teach you. He wants to grow you. And man, when you complain, when you complain, you're complaining against God. Right? And so instead of complaining, Paul, he changed his perspective. So instead of having a negative attitude and perspective on things, man, we have to change our attitude and perspective with a God-honoring attitude in mind. Let's continue in Philippians Verse 16, it says, by holding firm to the word of life, then I can boast in the day of Christ. I didn't run or labor for nothing, but even if I'm poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and will rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. So what in the world is Paul talking about here? I'm being poured out like a drink offering? I mean, like, what's happening? So to give you some context, a drink offering was a, was a common kind of sacri- sacrificial uh, ritual back in this day. And so a priest would, would get this animal that the people would bring to him for their, for their sins that they've committed. And, and he would sacrifice that animal. And then they would give the priest their most expensive wine. They give the priest the most expensive wine and they would pour it. He would pour it on the fire. He'd pour it out like a drink offering, right? This is a drink offering. It's not just any... Any kind of wine, man, it's this family's most prized wine, their most expensive wine. Man, they're giving it to the Lord, and, and when you kind of pour liquid on a fire, man, smoke will come up. And this, that's kind of the resemblance that Paul is talking about, but he's not talking about, you know, as himself as, as wine, but no, he's, he's relating it and referencing to the way he lives his life. That his life is being poured out, it's being spent on behalf of, of God, Paul's rejoicing the fact that he gets to serve God, that he gets to be poured out as a, as a living sacrifice. You see what Paul's doing here? He's changing his perspective. He's putting his eyes back on the Lord. Because, man, when we go through something hard and we want to complain, right, that, that's kind of our, our natural leaning towards it is to complain. Man, God wants us to say, hey, look at me. I've got a plan in this. And man, Paul realizes that. Paul realizes that he's not laboring for nothing. Right? He says it there in, in, in this passage. And instead, Paul was rejoicing because he was looking to God. He was living his life looking to bring honor and glory to God. And, and guess what? It, it would be very easy for Paul to be filled with anger or frustration or selfishness and all this negativity. But man, no, he looked towards God and said, man, this is not for nothing. There's a purpose in this. I want to jump back to, to Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, kind of going back a, a chapter. It says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. So it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord for my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. So here we have Paul. He's changed his entire outlook on the situation that God's putting him through. Instead of complaining, instead of being negative, man, Paul's changed his perspective and put his eyes back on God. 
right? He says that, man, what, what has happened to me, it's actually advancing the gospel. It's actually pushing it forward. Man, that, that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ, right? He was no longer a prisoner chained up, treated terribly. No, that the people in that prison were his prisoners. The guards, the, they, would, they would be chained up to Paul. Every six hours, they would change a guard, almost like a, a work day. They, this, this guard, what his job would, would, would do is to come next to Paul and be chained up to him for six hours. When his shift was over, the next guard would come in. And this would happen every six hours, every single day. And so Paul looks at it like this. I've got this Roman guard chilling next to me all day. Like, I'm going to use this to my advantage. I'm going to share the gospel with him. Right? And I mean, let's be honest. If me and you were chained up in prison, I wouldn't be focusing on sharing the gospel. I'd be pitying myself. I'd be complaining. But man, Paul, he's changing his perspective, putting it back on the Lord. Right? Paul is saying that, man, you've got no idea. You've got no idea what God is doing doing through you in this season. In this circumstance that you're in, you have no idea. God has Paul here for a reason. And man, it's to do something incredible. The gospel is being advanced. And man, just like Paul was, was chained to Roman guards, I think some of you in here tonight are chained to the sin of complaining. You're chained to the sin of complaining. And remember that, that question I asked you at the very beginning? And what is, what is what you complain about the most? And what is something in your life that is holding you captive to the sin of complaining? So I, I think this is something in here, all of us, leaders included, can say, man, this is something that we struggle with. This is something that just comes naturally to us. So maybe you complain with comparison in mind. Maybe you're comparing yourself to these other people on social media or our friends you see at school. And you're always complaining on why you aren't the way that person is or, 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 or not you, you want what they have. You're, complain, you're, you're, you're playing this comparison game. You're seeing this person at school or on social media, man, I wish I had what they had. I wish I had as many followers or I wish I had the clothes they had. And you're just complaining about, God, why'd you give me this life? God, why'd you give me the, the, the things that I have? Maybe you're co comparing families. Man, God, why didn't you give me those parents? Why are my parents so strict? Why don't my parents give me a curfew? Maybe you kind of have these insecurities in mind. You're insecure about a lot of things that you struggle with. Man, you're complaining about it. Maybe it's something that no one even knows that you struggle with. It's an insecurity that you have. I mean, it's something that you complain about. Maybe you have this, this entitlement in mind. And you feel like, Man, you should have these certain things that someone else has. Man, they don't deserve it, but I deserve it. 
and you're throwing out these complaints to God, God, why, why am I in this? Man, I don't deserve to go through something like this. I feel like I've been faithful. I feel like I've been honoring to you, but yet you're, you're putting me something, putting me, putting me through something. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's a, a friend group that you hang out with and they're just really negative. There's negative all the time. And you're, you're almost kind of getting that negativity from them and you're starting to become negative. Maybe you guys are, are dating a boyfriend or a girlfriend that's really negative. I mean, they complain a lot and you're almost starting to, to get these things from them. What is something in your life that is holding you captive to the sin of complaining? Man, tonight I, I want to encourage you to change your perspective. Don't look at all the bad things or how negative your circumstances, but instead, man, look at how you can glorify God in your difficult season. And you might be thinking, Bo, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying to me, but how? How do I just change my perspective? It's easier said than done, right? It's easier said than done by just looking at God and like, oh yeah, my situation's better. You might be asking the question, how? How do I change my perspective even if I'm in the worst of circumstances? Like, Bo, you, you don't understand what I'm going through, I promise. Like, I, I have a legitimate reason to complain. And that very well might be true. But man, there's something that we can do that how we can, we can get away from the spirit of complaining. And it's the opposite of complaining. It's gratitude. It's gratitude. Man, there's a story in the Old Testament, and I'm sure if you've grown up in church for any amount of time, you've heard it before. And it's become one of my, honestly, my favorite stories and favorite passages to read as I've grown up. You can find it in Daniel 6. It's the story of, of Daniel and the lion's den. And at this time in the book of Daniel, Daniel's about 80 years old, and he's lived a full life, a God-honoring life, God-fearing life. And the king of the time and his men, they sent out this decree for 30 days. One month, they sent out this decree to all the land. And here's the decree. This is what it said. It said, you cannot worship any other God but me. The king is talking about himself. You can't pray. You can't sing. You can't spend time with any other God but me. This is what this decree said. And they sent it out in all the land for 30 days. So let's see how Daniel kind of responded. And this is Daniel chapter 6, two verses. I love this so much. And when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upstairs room opened towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees, prayed right here, and gave thanks to God, just as he had done before. And then these men, they, they went as a group and they found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. It almost gives me like goosebumps when I read that. 
this was common for Daniel. And let's be honest, this is a pretty bad circumstance that he's in. If you worship God, we're throwing you in a den to be eaten alive by a bunch of lions. <laughs> like this is, this is pretty terrible. But you see, Daniel, he's not complaining about his circumstance. He's not complaining about what he's going through. He's not frustrated or angry with God. Man, it says he gets down on his knees and he prays. And he gives thanks to God just as he had done before. And if you want to learn how to change your perspective on what you're going through, man, you need to start showing gratitude to your heavenly father. Because I promise if you look for the good that God has given you, I promise you'll be able to see it. But I think what happens for a lot of us is when we're in something and we're just, we're just complaining and we're angry and we're frustrated and we're annoyed with whatever it is, and the devil, he distracts us. He pulls our eyes and, and, and focuses us on the negative, but really, man, we need to see the positive, the, the goodness of God. And so there's three words here, three simple words I want you to remember tonight. That gratitude changes your attitude. Simple, three words. This thing that Paul was talking about that we need to change we change our perspective, man, we do it by being grateful for the things that God has done in our life and grateful for the opportunity that God is going to show us in this circumstance. Man, so uh, with, with every head bowed, every eyes closed, can you guys just do that for me tonight? <clears throat> And nobody likes a complainer. And honestly, I think it does more damage to yourself than it does to anyone around you when you complain. Man, and for, for those of you who know Jesus in this room, man, you have a reason to never complain again. Because God has done a miracle in your life by saving you. So I just want you to continue to think as, as we sing this next song about the faithfulness of God, about the goodness of God. Man, I just want you to think about all the things that you complain about in your life. About how, that, about how, you, can, about how you can stop and, and change your perspective and put your eyes back on the Lord to see his goodness, to see his faithfulness in your life. So let me pray for you. Lord, we love you. How we thank you for your son. Who you sent to, to live a perfect life, to die for us on the cross, arose again in three days for everyone who believes. Lord, I, I want to apologize for my sin of complaining. Lord, where, where I've fallen short in this area. Or instead of 
looking at the goodness of who you are and what you've done in my life, how you've saved me. Or I just complain about the circumstance that I'm in. But I pray that you, you can remind students tonight and that you are with them, that you are good. And Lord, you are all they need. Lord, we love you and we thank you for everything that you do. In Jesus' name I pray.